WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The Crassell Art Center is celebrating the addition of artist Richard Hunt's Benton Harbor Studio to its properties. Hunt, a renowned sculptor based in Chicago and known locally for his and UCs by the water in St. Joseph, has operated the center at 258 Territorial since 1995. He says he always intended to leave the building to the Krasl. It would be a catalyst for development and innovation in sculpture in the area and to continue this as a place for the arts and enhancing the interaction that's already begun between the Krasl and the activities here in Benton Harbor. The Richard Hunt Studio Center is 20,000 square feet of space, currently featuring many works by Hunt on display. Krasl Art Center director Tammy Fauver told us this donation doubles the Krasl's space. They want to use it to honor Hunt. And then we also want to just make it a living, breathing space for the arts. You know, Richard is very simple in his hope for it. He just wants it to continue as an art space rather than a different type of business development. And we look forward to, to figuring out the best way to do that. Now begins a period of master planning, community engagement, and fundraising. The building does need some work, mostly on its roof. There will be no immediate changes at the property as Hunt spends the next two years consolidating his operations back to Chicago. That gives the Krasl time to develop a plan for the building, which was built in the 1860s. Voters overwhelmingly approved Lake Michigan College's millage renewal request on Tuesday. LMC President uh, Trevor Kubowski tells us the college is humbled by the support and it thanks the whole community. That wouldn't have been improved. That had been 25% of our revenue we would have lost. So you can imagine what that would mean for our offerings. We'd have to really curtail them quite a bit. So we're thrilled to be able to continue. Again, this was a renewal. We didn't ask for a single dime more, and we locked it in for 20 years so it won't go up. The, bill, the operating millage has been in place since 1963. Kubatsky says it's good to know the community supports the college, especially in a year when many school bond requests have been rejected. Although it was late in the morning, or early in the morning when it came in, we're just thrilled that we had a resounding appreciation for the college. Turnout in Berrien County was 14%, with voters approving the renewal 11,000 to 5,700. In Van Buren County, turnout was 22%, and voters said yes to the millage 1,400 to 500. Nobo in Benton Harbor is expanding its marijuana growing operation now that Benton Harbor City Commissioners have granted it a new Class C marijuana grower's license at 900 El Rico Road. At a meeting this week, Commissioner Juanita Henry questioned the benefits of having Nobo in town. She and Mayor Marcus Mohammed went back and forth. We can't get money for the things that we need, but every time someone comes here, a millionaire, and asks for a benefit, and we give it to them without getting anything. They're not asking for nothing. They're asking for us to follow the law that our ordinance, we pass. Henry said Nobo contributes nothing except property taxes and income taxes. She complained it doesn't use city water. Mayor Mohammed said the commission can't refuse a license based on that. It's not about what they give to the city. It's not about no benefit package. It's not about any of that. Not to you, but it is to me and the citizens. They want to see something come out of it. They don't want us to just give anything away. Mohammed said the company has spent millions fixing up the El Rico property and has created jobs in the community. He said it wants to expand by adding a new license onto its existing licenses. Commissioners approved the request with Henry and Ethel Clark Griffin voting no. Coming soon to Eden Park in St. Joseph Township will be to be a field house. The St. Joseph Baseball and Softball Association received approval from the township board this week to proceed with the plan to build a 7,000-square-foot facility to be used as a practice space. 
Association President Ryan Strain tells us the group looked at needs for baseball locally and realized there's a lack of facilities. We wanted the ability to be able to hold more tournaments and things like that on the weekends, but we didn't see a way to get there without having some pretty competitive teams in order to bring these different tournaments in. We wanted to be able to host them with our own internal teams. Strain says the field house will include batting cages, infield layouts, meeting space, and a safe place for some technology. We plan on putting a lot of new technology in there, sensors for the bats that will measure bat speed and, and launch angle and, and things like that, but also for pitching, be able to measure speeds of the ball, velocity of the ball, rotations of the ball. The township will own the facility once it's built. The board has approved a 10-year lease for the St. Joseph Baseball and Softball Association, which can be renewed at no cost. The association is paying the $200,000 cost for the field house. Strain says it's been supported by some large donations. The goal is to break ground this year. The majority of the Michigan economy is stable. Dr. Brian Long, Director of Supply Chain Management Research at Grand Valley State University, says the most important index in their latest survey of purchasing managers is new orders. When new orders are coming in strong to just about any firm, they start buying more materials, more equipment, more industrial services, and eventually, of course, hiring more people. Uh, But the impact on the financial and employment statistics may not show up for weeks or even months. Long says that indicates the West Michigan economy is stable, neither expanding nor contracting. And the Van Buren ISD is holding its 15th annual Van Buren County Backpack Giveaway from 3 to 6 p.m. on Thursday. It'll be at the Van Buren Tech Center at 250 South Street in Lawrence as part of their Back to School Bonanza 2023. Superintendent Dave Manson says it's for all students in the county. We asked if staff members or volunteers stuffed the backpacks or if they bought them already full. It's kind of varied through the years. Uh, For a while, we uh, packed or stuffed our own backpacks. Uh, When COVID came along, uh, when we couldn't really get a large group of people together, we started to buy pre-stuffed backpacks. And so these are actually pre-stuffed this year. Um, And and we, we make that decision each year depending on the prices and the time that we have available. Last year, they gave away between 900 and 1,000 backpacks. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture and Wajak, where furniture shopping is fun. President Biden is heading to Utah tonight. Before his arrival, a man suspected of threatening to kill the president died in an FBI raid. More from ABC's Alex Stone. On Monday, Craig Robertson of Provo, Utah, was allegedly posting his desires to kill the president during a presidential visit to Utah this week. Robertson had allegedly been posting numerous threats against the president and other prominent figures, including California Governor Gavin Newsom and those who were prosecuting President Trump. In some postings, he challenged the FBI to knock on his door and to come get him. That's exactly what an FBI team did on Wednesday morning. In the process, Robertson was shot and killed by federal agents, according to multiple sources. He was charged with three counts, including making threats against the president. Alex Stone, EBC News. Special counsel Jack Smith's team obtained a search warrant in January for records related to former President Donald Trump's Twitter account, and a judge levied a $350,000 fine on the company for missing the deadline to comply. That's according to court documents released today. The details were included in a decision from the Federal Appeals Court in Washington rejecting San Francisco-based Twitter's claim it should not have been held in contempt or sanctioned. It's unclear what information Smith may have sought from the platform. Possibilities include data about when and where the posts were written, their engagement with the identities of other accounts that reposted Trump's content. 
The first primary of the Republican race for president is coming up fast. Many of the top GOP hopefuls will take part in the first debate in two weeks. Some candidates, like former Vice President Mike Pence, hit the Republican National Committee's qualifiers in the 11th hour. And as questions remain about whether the party's frontrunner, former President Trump, will walk onto the stage at all, his closest challenger, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, is readying his case. More from ABC's Brittany Shepard. DeSantis and his team are gearing up for an onslaught of nonstop attacks. And according to sources familiar with his strategy, the Florida governor has been meeting with a seasoned debate coach, Brett O'Donnell, and prepping for the big moment weekly. Trump's potential absence from the debate would likely place an even larger target on DeSantis's back, who's number two in many GOP polls. Trump or not, DeSantis's team is prepared for either scenario and is eager to use the time to highlight the differences between the pair for Republican voters. Brittany Shepard, ABC News, Washington. Abortion was not technically on the ballot in Ohio's special election this week, but the overwhelming defeat of a measure that would have made it tougher to enshrine abortion rights in the state constitution this fall was the latest indicator the issue remains a powerful force at the ballot box. The election saw heavy turnout for what's typically a sleepy summer election and sets up another battle in November. That's when Ohio will be the only state this year to have reproductive rights on the ballot. It also gives hope to Democrats and other abortion rights supporters who say the matter could sway voters their way again in 2024. The mayor of New York City is once again pleading for federal help to deal with the influx of migrants in his city. More from ABC's Derek Dennis. The migrant crisis in New York City taking a staggering toll, says Mayor Eric Adams. Almost 100,000 men, women, and children have asked for a place to stay. That's almost the population of Albany, New York. The mayor says the city has footed almost the entire bill ever since busloads of migrants started arriving from the southern border earlier this year. He says all without any significant state or federal help. The ongoing price tag, according to the mayor, nearly $5 billion this fiscal year. Derek Dennis, ABC News. The Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says he spoke with Senator Dianne Feinstein after she fell at her home and went to the hospital for a short time. Schumer says the 90-year-old Democratic California senator told him she suffered no injuries and went to the hospital Tuesday as a precaution. A Feinstein spokesperson said Wednesday that, quote, all her scans were clear and she returned home soon after. Feinstein is the oldest member of Congress. She's faced mounting concerns about her health and her ability to perform a senator's duties. Feinstein took office in 1992 and announced this year she won't seek re-election in 2024. Her retirement plans have sparked a competitive Democratic contest to replace her. Two of the Hawaiian islands are disaster zones today as wildfires have spread and strong winds from a distant hurricane, including in a very popular tourist area. ABC's Alex Stone has more. In strong wind, flames have moved through buildings in the historic vacation area of Lahaina on Maui. Fires are also burning on the big island. Twelve people rescued off the coast of Lahaina who reportedly jumped into the ocean to escape the flames. Tourists are being told to leave and halt non-essential travel to Hawaii. Maui's mayor says the wind is making the flames hard to stop. It's prevented us from having helicopters uh, assist in uh, putting out the fires just because of the dangerous winds. 911 services are down in West Maui. Communication is limited and the Hawaii National Guard has been activated. Alex Stone, EBC News. In a race against time, multiple organizations are working to save the reef that runs along the Florida Keys during a heat wave that's already led to historic coral bleaching. After receiving reports of the distressed reef in July, various rescue groups have engaged in round-the-clock removal of coral from shallow nurseries in the Atlantic Ocean. Water service temperatures averaged about 91 degrees last month, well above the typical July average of 85. 
Scuba divers are collecting pieces of coral and taking them to land-based labs for short-term storage or deep-water nurseries to ride out the heat wave. Some areas of the reef in the lower Florida Keys have already experienced 100% bleaching. And it's not the kind of anniversary you want to celebrate as the writer's strike in Hollywood is officially 100 days old as of today. And there's no end in sight. More from Jason Nathanson. It's a shameful anniversary, says Chris Kaiser and David Goodman, co-chairs of the Writers Guild Negotiating Committee. And it appears there's no end in sight. A brief glimmer of hope last week when the writers and studio reps met for the first time since before the strike started. But talks are not on again. I'm very hopeful for end in sight um, if it's fair. John Hoffman is the co-creator of Only Murders in the Building. He tells me the 100-day anniversary. I don't want to say that I expected it, but I don't find it too unexpected either. His show up for a bunch of Emmys, which might be moved from September to next year because of the strikes. Jason Nathanson, ABC News, Hollywood. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.